You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hey there, welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay and I'm joined by my co-host and real life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off the cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a lighthearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a diehard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. Okay, where, I, where I'm at is not working, and what the hell do I do next? Okay, Michelle. <laughs> How's that ice cap stirring? It's, it's pretty good. You're stirring it real good. We're having an ice cap on like a minus 20 day with snow everywhere. That's how you know we're Canadian. Yeah, I know. Those right? that don't know, what would this be in those that aren't in Canada with Tim Hortons? I would say like a frap. Like a frapp- frappuccino? Frappuccino. Or, but like, like a, a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, yeah, Dunkin' yeah. Donuts blended coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. It's delicious. And I needed a sugar boost because yeah. as soon as we're done recording this intro, we're going to record our Patreon for this week, and we're going to talk about being part of the Dead Dad Club. Oh God, DDC. DDC. Uh, what's a Patreon? Um, a Patreon is a monthly subscription where you pay some money. You pay. Uh-huh, I'm hooked. Yeah, Tell five me more. or seven dollars a month, or you can pay for the whole year I up it front. Was eight. Might be eight. You know. <laughs> You'd think we run our own Patreon, but we don't know. And you get instant access to over 50 episodes. Amazing. And these are episodes that you're not going to find ever on our main feed. Mm -hmm. So we put out two, (laughs) we put out, we put out two (laughs) episodes per month and we cover everything. We have some of our guests that have crazy stories, but that didn't want to be on the main feed. Mm -hmm. We tell our own traumatic stories. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we do, we cover, what is it called? True crime. Yeah. I mean, what don't we do? We do it all. We do it all. We and don't know how to podcast though, clearly. No, I know. This is <laughs> rough. It's holiday Monday. It's like, it's family day here in Alberta. I am not looking forward to going to work tomorrow. Why? Well, because working at a bank the day after the long weekend is always mm. busy. Yeah. Because like people... All weekend have realized how much banking they have to do. Of course. And yeah. don't have instant access. Of course. Even though they have um, online banking, uh, ATMs. Don't get me started on yeah. all anyway. of that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Things have gotten a little crazy yeah. at the bank. Yeah. Tell what happened last week. Well, I can't say much because, you know, I work there. But, like, people think that their money is going to get taken away. Right. It, like, as it relates to the Ottawa yeah. trucker convoy protest. Right. So people are getting very panicky yeah. about 
accounts being frozen, Mm -hmm. things happening to their money, and they just are trying to withdraw obscene amounts of cash. All of their money. Like, life savings. Yeah, everything. Like, coming in to withdraw money and then not even having, like, a bag to carry it out in. They're just panicked and, like... What was your plan? This whole trucker convoy... I watched an, I read an interesting article, which is just code for I saw TikTok about it. And this person made a very good point that like, whether you believe in what they started with, what their main purpose was going into it, it has now become an occupation. Now it's no longer a peaceful protest. Right, right. Because there's now like violence and now there's hot tubs and bouncy castles and tents, encampments, like. And putting your children in, yeah. in front of you to protect yeah. you. So this is no longer... And they're like fighting to end mandates that are set on a provincial level, not a federal level. And not only that, but mandates are being lifted. Yeah, not, so because, like, not because of this protest. So what are you still fighting for when the mandates are being lifted? I, I don't think they know anymore. No, I, I think, think they're so just either. riled up. Yeah, yeah. And there's a few key players that are keeping them riled up. Mm-hmm. And now it's an occupation. And then that has a whole new set of laws. Yeah. So, you know, if if you're refusing to leave and the government now has the right to lock up your bank accounts mm-hmm. and not take your money, people are being like, they're going to steal our money. Yeah. No, they're not. No. They're just going to freeze them yeah. until you leave. But the problem is with people out here is that all they're hearing is like the government is doing something that they've never done before. Yeah. They're freezing bank accounts. And then everyone's freaking out. And it's like, okay, they're not going to freeze your bank account because you donated $50 to the trucker convoy. Like, they're not going after you. They're going after the big players and the people who created the charity and, you know, all these things, right? So, like, calm down, Keith. Like, your money is not going to be stolen from you. Yeah. So working at a bank has not been fun. Oh, well, no. This is a good segue into what one thing that I had written down. Mm Mm-hmm. I've been watching a bunch of videos on the news of, like, the police moving in to break up this protest. Yeah. Occupation. You know, all these um, people who are protesting have their phones out and they're taking videos, close-ups of these police officers' faces. Yeah. And the whole time, all like, I know that the police are trained to not engage. Right. They're only there to, like, remove these people. Yeah. And so one of their tactics is they stand shoulder to shoulder and, like, they just try to gain ground. So they'll right. move a couple feet. They have mounted police come in on horses and um, create space between protester and police so that the police can move forward. Like all this stuff. And the whole time, my number one thought is, what do they do if they have to pee? Yeah. And do they have things on them like lip chap? Right. Like what if their lips get chapped and they just want to reach into their pocket and put on a little blistex? Yeah. You know my thoughts on lip chap. Yeah, you are anti-lip chap. Lip chap is a scam. I know, but I've fallen victim and yeah. now I'm in the cycle. As soon as you use lip chap, you will need lip chap for the rest of your life. Like we're sitting here now. I have not needed lip chap, but we're talking about yeah. it. And I'm like, are my lips a little Your chap? lips are literally getting chapped as <laughs> we speak. <laughs> yeah, I believe that though. I It's a scam. Mm-hmm. It The big lip chap is just laughing in their lip mansions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Anyway. Are they wearing adult diapers? Possibly. Or they have like a tube that goes out the bottom of their pants. I don't know. I just have questions about this. Okay. We should ask somebody. We're going to who... have to interview somebody. <clears throat> um, tell me about your week. Great. I don't remember my week. Yeah. Okay. I never do. Uh, you had Wednesday, Thursday off. Yeah, I did. And I came to visit you. you yeah, you brought me a coffee. Thank you. Um, 
I literally have no memory of anything that I did this week. Yeah, it was really nice weather until... It was. Until Saturday. And then yes. it snowed. It snowed a Oh, lot. and we met Amy. I know. We met our past guest, Amy. Yeah, so Amy, who... I can't remember the episode number, but it was uh, Heart Mama Artie's story. Mm-hmm. Amy and Artie's story. Mm-hmm. And she was in from Edmonton giving a talk to a group of students, part of a stenography? Sonography? No T. Sonography? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, it's like people who do the ultrasounds. Yes. Yes. And talking about the importance of the 20-week fetal heart scan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But anyway, she was like, I am in Calgary mm-hmm. and I'm not usually and I want to meet with you. And we said, heck yes. Yeah. And so to be safe because of COVID, we like cleared out vehicles from our garage, put up patio furniture, little propane fire, and we had a really nice visit. It was great. She brought us scones. They were delicious. Oh, Lord. Like, Amy, if you don't want to go into talks about cardiology, just become a baker. Right? They're delicious. They were so good. So thank you. And that was so fun meeting a guest. I know. Um, I wanted to say... Maybe this isn't going to be shocking to anybody, but I was shook. Okay. We need new windows in our house. Right. And like they're fine, but they frost up because they're original and they're not triple pane. And right. um, our utility bills are probably going to go down if we replace the windows. Yeah. And so we're like, let's get a quote. And the government of Canada has a rebate program that we qualify for. So we could get up to $5,000 off new windows. Right. And a new patio door. And so Lindsay and I, this guy was over from Window Mart and I thought Window Mart would be less expensive because it's called Window Mart. Okay. So you're thinking like a Walmart like discount. Yes. Like I wasn't going to Lux Windows. Right. I right. know that I can't afford Lux Windows. You weren't windows. going to like the target of Windows. Yes. Right. I want a good quality window, but I can't break the bank. Okay. Yeah. Because we have no you. money. Yeah. We're like, let's just get some quotes so we really know what we're working with mm-hmm. here. And so as he was doing some stuff and giving a demo, I was like, let's make a bet. Like, how much do you think it's going to be? Like, price is right. And so there was 17 windows or 16 windows plus a patio door. Uh Triple pane. They don't all open. I was like, how much do you think it's going to be before the rebate? Right. I thought like $9,800. Okay. She thought like $11,200. Okay. And I was like, that's crazy talk. Yeah. And... We heard the guy chuckle and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. And so Ivan, I think his name was, writing things out, calculating, calculating, writing things out. Early bird special, he was going to give us 20% off. Whoa, Ivan. That's incredible. $25,000. Oh, my gosh. Twice, like more than twice what Lindsay predicted. So do you think that they're just taking advantage of this rebate and upping the price? I don't know. Like... They're building that in. Yeah, Ivan, can you give us a 75% discount? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean... Ivan, we'll shout you out on this here podcast. Yeah, how much is advertising on a podcast with 50,000 downloads? There you go. Ivan. How much is that worth to you? Window Mart. (laughs) So we're going to get two more quotes. (laughs) Next episode, we're going to be like, and our new sponsor is Window Mart. (laughs) Call Ivan for all your window needs. (laughs) I'll do it. I have no shame. Guys, we have 50,000 downloads now. So, yeah. Anyway, that was just a crazy... Maybe people aren't surprised. I I just thought... I have no, no concept of how much that would cost. 
Yeah, I was like, how much is a freaking window? It's a piece yeah, of glass. I know. I don't Listen, know. Ivan showed me the technology. It is outstanding. Wow. Okay. Well, then it's worth it. And they I would last twenty five years. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So please join our Patreon. <laughs> please donate to Carling's GoFundMe. Because <laughs> we need windows. My God. I know. You started GoFundMe, saying that it's for the trucker convoy, but you use it for your windows. <laughs> yeah. I'll fly a Canadian flag in my, Ugh. and I'll I'll be sneaky. I'll put flags out that say like, like all lives matter. Yeah. But what I mean by that, oh no 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 no. What is it? Um, like not my yeah, like my body my choice. Right. But I'm actually talking about like the right to choose abortion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they'll just, because I'm in Alberta, they'll, they'll think, think I mean it's for the vaccine. Yeah. There you go. I'm into it. Anyway. Anyway, I'm super stoked about this week's episode. Yeah. Karen is amazing. She is amazing. You're going to hear a little bit about what Carling actually thought about her uh, in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, I was salty. She was salty, but she came around. Yeah. So everybody enjoy, and we will talk to you after the show. All right. Okay, bye. Hello, Karen. Hi, Carling. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Hi. I just realized I'm on video and I like had like finger guns and everything when I said three, two, one action. And I just knocked over a heater that I had in here. So I don't know if you right. Well, that. my God, pick it up. Don't, don't start fire. No, it's off. <laughs> oh, okay. It's left over from the, the furnace cold. incident we had. But anyways. Oh, God. oh yeah. I had yeah. one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we're so excited to talk to you. Um, we, you and I have known each other for like over a year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like a year and a bit. And then yep. I sort of laughed because we connected when I lost my job. And mm-hmm. I, the whole time I was just like, I was like, when can we have like wine with her? Or like, <laughs> I was just like, I was like, there I feel has like that came up in a second conversation. Yeah. Like it was, <laughs> it was very quick. Yeah. Yeah. Not the, it was not the first conversation because you were understandably unhappy yeah, that's probably trying so. to be like a little professional maybe but <laughs> yes <laughs> talking to a stranger so i think we should dive right in why yeah. rather than me talking about how i know you why don't you introduce <laughs> yourself and then and then we'll like get into it yeah sounds good so i'm karen styles i am the founder of a company called flow and fire coaching and i'm a career and life coach sometimes i call myself a work life coach and i really believe that Everyone deserves to discover and do work that lights them up. People often end up reaching out to me when they are super frustrated, kind of feeling like I got to change something and I and I have no idea what to do next. Or sometimes I'm meeting people when they're going through some kind of change, whether they chose it or whether they did it. <laughs> and so, yeah, so either they are going through change or they want to go through change. And yeah, that's when I meet people. And that's usually how I start working with people. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. When I got laid off in the pandemic, part of my like layoff package was this career coaching through a company you work for, not yeah. Flow and Fire. Yeah. And so we got connected. And I'm so thankful that we did because a couple people, why are you looking at me like that? Only because... <laughs> I remember the day before you talked to Karen, you were like, I don't know who this chick is. I just lost my job. What is she going to do for me? She was very sassy about it. 
<laughs> yeah, because like the first step is like this company called me and I was standing in Safeway having just lost my job. Yeah. And they were like, we're just checking in to see how you're feeling. And I was like, that well, was not me. Right, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, I appreciate that you probably have to do this as part of your service. But like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, things are not great over here, lady. I, and then, yeah, so, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, well, we're going to set you up, connect you with this woman named Karen. La, 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 la. And I was like, great. And so <laughs> she was not happy. About <laughs> hey, wait, did you hold on? Did you, did you talk to someone before you talked to me? Cause I yeah. called you. I think it was me. Maybe it was you, were, you, you and were I was in Safeway, right? Yeah. And I was yes. real salty and about it. You said you were salty. I remember that. Like you were like, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Safeway. Salty was like your word for 2020, wasn't it? Like, I feel like that was. That sums up all of 2020. <laughs> yeah. So part of it, my work is that I do some contract work for an HR consulting firm and they do what's known in the business is like outplacement and career transition. And if you have never been through that, you don't know what that is. But basically that means when you are laid off, your company pays another company to come in and help you. Mm-hmm. through that transition with, and to find new work or settle into retirement or go back to school or whatever it is you decide God, to do. Karen, why wasn't that my option? <laughs> you never talked to me about settling into retirement. <laughs> I, I'm sure I brought it up. Wait, I have to go back and remember if that was part of your package because <laughs> some people get that option. Yeah, I'll be like, But most I people, I look at them and I'm like, I'm looking at you and I'm guessing probably you're not thinking about retirement. And usually yeah. they're like, I wish, but. Yeah. So when you contact people like Carling, what is usually the reaction? Is it usually a little bit of like frustration and like, well, thanks a lot, but like, I'm not really. Well, there's a whole variety, like, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. And a lot of it is, it's really interesting because I started, let's see, because we would have talked in, was it July or August? Yeah. 2020. And I started in June. So I was like pretty newbie yeah. at that stuff, actually, by the, time, by the point that I talked to you. Right away. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's why I joined because like the pandemic and 2020 and there's lots of that stuff happening in the yeah. city and around the world. Yeah. And so I came in to like support with that. Also, I'm wearing the shirt. I just took my sweater off and I'm wearing the shirt of the place. That laid me off unintentionally. I just put it on. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You know yeah. what? Art is not for everyone. That's, I'm just going to leave it at that. I used to believe that. <laughs> so yeah, when I call people, it depends. And, and there's a lot of kind of me figuring out where they are. Because yeah. some people are angry. Some people are taking it personally, which makes sense. Some mm. people are crushed beyond belief because sometimes that's not the only loss they've experienced. You know, sometimes there's multiple other things going on. And so what I do in that call is I'm kind of trying to sense where they are. And some people are like, yeah, I saw this coming. Yeah, I'm fine. And and sometimes more typically with guys, like I don't, I don't want to gender stereotype, but it kind of happens more with guys where I'm like, well, I want to make sure you're okay. And they're like, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. Let's move <laughs> forward. Let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, yeah, I was really stressed out and this is actually a good thing for me. Great. Now I have help to move forward. So there's a whole range. There's some people that are very angry. Some people don't want to talk to me sometimes. And sometimes like I'm kind of associated with their company that got rid of them. So yeah, it's interesting. And, and sometimes, sometimes I'm calling people like minutes after they've 
receive the news. Sometimes I'm calling them the next day. And, you know, I have thoughts about what I prefer to do too, but also, you know, the, the companies sometimes want us to call people right away or, or whatnot. So. Wow. They were probably like, Karen, reach out to this one. She's a loose cannon. <laughs> <laughs> she is sassy. Good luck. <laughs> I should go back and see. I don't. Th- I didn't have any additional information on you. I don't think. Not that I. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Sometimes, like HR shares something right. just so that yeah. it's yeah. helpful. It was just so funny when she talked to me. Like, this chick is gonna call me. I don't even know what she's gonna do. I just lost my job, and I was like, oh god, yeah, <laughs> this poor lady. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got on Zoom for that first call, and you were okay. Yeah. Oh, also yeah. because. Because I found out very quickly that you had five dogs and five cats, and yeah. I have cats, and so I instantly bond with people who also have cats, or I write on their sheet. I'm like, oh, they have cats, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, if my cat shows up and jumps on the deck desk, I'm okay to like, <laughs> yeah, have that happen. Yeah, I do feel like I had like cats walking by yeah. and like pre-pandemic. Would you have normally done something like this in person, or would it have normally? Yeah. Been- oh, that's awkward. That okay. So yes. Awkward. Yeah. Okay. I know this is interesting too, because I was onboarded during the pandemic and everyone learned to like, you know, work online. And I'd been using Zoom for quite a while just because of the work that I do or the, I don't know, groups that I'm involved with. So I was really familiar with Zoom and that was no problem for me. And so, but everyone else that I work with, they're used to being there in person and providing support in person. And, And I think a lot of them miss that because there's a there's a different connection, right? If I walk into a room and see you and say, hey, are you going to be okay? Here's some Kleenexes. Let me give you a taxi chit to get you home versus, you know, just calling you out of the blue. Like, would you have been there that day? Would I have been like, yeah, Carla, you're laid off. And you would have been like, hi, I'm Karen. Yep. Oh my God. (laughs) I think I would have hated that. She would have slapped you. We would not have been on a podcast today if that had (laughs) So from what I understand, because I haven't experienced it, like sometimes I've been called it and I'm like, actually, I'm nervous because I haven't done that before where I've had experience. I've called people after, you know, or I've emailed them, but I haven't been there in person. So it's funny because I'm learning this from what I understand how it would work is like, you'd probably be in a meeting with the HR person and your supervisor and then whatever conversation happens and then they leave and then I would come in and just and usually that conversation is just like are you okay what are you thinking about you know who do you have to talk to about this and kind of assessing making sure you're probably safe from a mental health perspective that you have people to talk to sometimes it might be like okay what do you need to get from your desk that kind of thing so yeah Wow. So in terms of the mental health aspect, like what training do you have? I guess like what's your educational background? Because like that feels really heavy. Yeah. To me. My, well, my educational background, it, there was a little bit of psych in there, I guess, back in university days. I ended up with a general studies degree because I changed my major a bunch of times. That's another story. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I mean, I'm also trained as a life coach. So there's, I think there's like training in there. And I think I have maybe a natural capability to just mm-hmm. be okay with other people feeling their feelings and things like that. And that's, I think that's something that has served me pretty well in the work I do in, because sometimes people come to me and they f- feel bad about the bad feelings they're having. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, this doesn't bother me. Tell me what you're thinking. I, I get it. I've been there. I've struggled in 
you know, work that I didn't love. So yeah, so some of it is I have had trainings over the years. Back in a previous job, I did do the mental health first aid, which is super helpful. But I think, yeah, you don't necessarily have to have a specific training. I think it's more just the aptitude or the willingness to do that. And when I was first learning about this type of work, because honestly, I should tell you this story, how how it came about was I was kind of looking to leave a previous job and not sure what I wanted to do. I wanted to spend more time on my business, but I wasn't quite ready to go full-time in my business. So I reached out to some people in my network. I got introduced to the partner of this firm and we had a meeting and we got along like a house on fire. Like it was just, we connected, we were great. And I was asking her just like, what do you think would that look like? And she was asking me, do you think you can handle that? You know, like kind of saying like, you you do have to be there on a really crappy day for people. Yeah. So you have to have that ability to to handle it. I mean, usually that first meeting is the most difficult and it always gets better from there. So yeah. that's the good part. But yeah, I think there are some people who are like, nope, don't like that kind of work. Definitely don't want to do it. Do these companies provide any sort of mental health support after in addition to you? Now, how should I put this? I think there there are different levels of support offered to different people. And right. I think that kind of depends on a lot of things. It de- mainly it depends on, I guess, their budget and how much they want to pay. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes that is connected to that person's seniority with the company or whatnot. And more recently, we have offered like mental health and counseling so that that is a resource as a part of it. And it unfortunately, it's not offered to everyone. So I think part of it is just like, okay, I need to be a little bit aware of like, do you need to call the, what is it called? The crisis line? Yes. And sometimes sometimes companies offer EAP as well, right? Or their EFAP for a, um, an amount of time after they've exited. So it's like, if you're laid off today, it's like, okay, do you need to make any appointments? Do you, can you access counselors through your EFAP and all that stuff. Yeah, I did have one client recently who was going through some stuff and I was like, okay, I'm going to approach my supervisor and I'm going to ask, I'm going to advocate for this person (laughs) to get help because they need the support. And then um, they had mentioned that, you know, they were talking to their therapist and stuff. So I was like, okay. I felt you said the word advocate and like, that's really like my experience with the work that you did and how we connected. I ended up getting a job really quickly yeah. And I remember being like, Karen, oh my God, Karen, they're wanting to negotiate salary. And I was like, I can't do this. And it was like, it was so nice because you were so validating and you were so like, you were just like my champion in my pocket, like sort of coaching, like coaching me along the way. But I felt like you really like advocated for me on when I was feeling really low about myself because I had been laid off to sort of like ask for what I should actually get. Mm. It's funny because I I feel like I do that. A lot of the advocacy is like back to you for yourself. And sometimes it's interesting. Like I got into this line of work because I was was a recruiter a few years back um, and I started career coaching as a volunteer at the library. And yeah, I love the library. (laughs) The Calgary Public Library is like one of my favorite institutions in the city. But anyways, and that was something I noticed where like, you know, people would bring their resume and they would need help and they would, and mostly I'm just trying to understand what they do. And I'm, uh, you know, listening to them and going, oh, you do that? Oh, that's really cool. Oh, wow. That's really great. And, and I think sometimes it just helps to have another person 
just an outside person see you because you just get so used to the work you do and you assume that it's fine and it's normal and you might even assume that it's nothing. But actually the people outside you are like, oh, what you do is really important. You provide a really important piece. And and when you can put words to that and say that to other people, like that makes a difference. So yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes just like that encouragement and advocacy, I'm like, oh, wow, you really do this. Oh, you do all this. And they're kind of like, oh. Oh, yeah, I do. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I am good. That, good at that. You know, I think that's interesting. What Carling was saying too, about you being a champion for her, because if you're laid off from a job, it can be a hit to your self-esteem. Right. And then you're Big thinking time. like, well, why would this next job want me? You know? And so to have somebody that's like, no, like this is important and maybe not taking the job loss as personally, because it, it's not about you. It's about the institution or whatever, you know, and just kind of being a champion for that person to kind of boost their self-esteem back up that mm-hmm. like, no, you deserve this salary. You deserve this job. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Cause I think like, I don't know, your friends or family are supposed to pump you up yeah. or, yeah. and sometimes also they don't actually get what you do. So right. they'll just be like, yeah, yeah, honey, you're fine. But, you know, to get into the details and usually I'm trying to pull out, you know, your skills and accomplishments and those kinds of things. What would you say is like the most important thing? What If you could give advice to somebody to say, like, if you ever find yourself fired or laid off or whatever, what's like the best piece of advice you could give them in the minutes, hours, days afterwards, like aside from contact flow and fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And find out if your company has provided yeah. career transition services for you. Cause like if they're going to pay for it, let's let them pay for it. Right. Yeah. I think the first thing is just really like taking care of yourself. That's, that's what I kind of encourage people to do. I think I've gotten better at probably Carling, when I first met you, I was very much like, I called you, I'm like, oh, we got to get this appointment on the calendar because I got to get the orientation and get this thing going. And I'm a little bit more relaxed now. And just sometimes I'm just, sometimes I call people two or three times to see how they're doing, you know? Um, But sometimes they're like, no, let's just, yeah, let's get this moving. Let's make this happen. So I think the first thing is be kind and nice to yourself. And is it like wrap yourself in a warm blanket or take a bath or go for a walk or call a friend or whatever? Because usually you do have some decisions to make. Sometimes folks have been given their severance. They have to look through some papers. They have to make some decisions. Think about what are the decisions I need to make and what are the ones that I can put on the shelf today, you know? And that kind of differs on each person. Some people lose all their benefits that day. So that day they're like, I'm refilling a prescription. I'm going to get a massage. I'm going to buy some glasses or whatever it is because I need somebody else to pay for that because I don't know when the next time I have benefits is. Usually if they have to go through their severance package and whatnot, I kind of tell people like, you don't have to do that today. Like go get some ice cream and cuddle your dog or whatever you need to do. And then, you know, maybe in in a day or two, sit down, think about, you know, what you want to do, read through that thing. What questions do you have? All of that kind of stuff. Sometimes that might even be calling a lawyer to review it if you think that you deserve more compensation than you got. Usually lawyer, you know, lawyers have been paid to create that severance agreement. So it's not often that you'll get something out of it. But I think the first thing is take care of yourself. Is there someone you can talk to? What can you do to just like care for yourself in that, you know, first day or two? And don't try to make all the decisions yet. Like I couldn't even imagine kind of, especially the way it was done in Carling's situation. And I'm sure it's similar to a lot of people where you're just completely shut out. 
it's like one minute you've got access to everything and your your colleagues and your emails and everything and then it's just gone yeah and so yeah. to not even I don't know be able to like reach out to anybody not be having any sort of resource or anything within the company that you've been with for years to have access to that's got to be traumatic you know and mm-hmm I can imagine with COVID, this was a big thing with all these companies doing mass layoffs, but like I felt a deep sense of trauma and grief at losing instant access to like all my clients that I had developed relationships with. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, yeah, they were professional, but like I valued that connection that I had with them and my coworkers that like, I don't have them on Facebook, but I connect with them every day. And to suddenly just, I have zero ability to keep those connections or anything. And then you're wondering, Mm. like, how are these clients going to be treated going forward? And how are people going to know that they need this or that? Like certain things, right? Like that maybe only you would know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there was no transition. I had a client reach out to me on LinkedIn and they were like, I've been trying to email, da, 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 da. Like they were upset and I said, and I was like, I am so sorry. Like I got laid off. I don't yeah. work there anymore. That looks bad on the company, but like I felt personally responsible right. for it. Like I was like, I'm yeah. really sorry because I had worked really hard to, you know, build this relationship. And yeah, I think with COVID, like you were at work one day and then you were told we're going to close for two weeks and then you just never went back and you never got to... Mm-hmm. Or you're seeing like a slow, like, uh, kind of transition of like people being laid off, people being laid off. And you're mm-hmm. wondering like, when it, when is it going to be me? And I think there's a lot of people that have lived that way where you're just kind of like waiting yeah, for the yeah. other shoe to drop. And and sometimes that's for, I don't know, several years because when did that first oil dip went in like 2014, 2015. Yeah. So yeah. there's been lots of stuff ever since then. If you lived in Calgary and you are anywhere near oil and gas, like, layoffs have happened many times. And then of course, from 2020, lots. And yeah, so you were in a situation where you were on a temporary, everyone was temporarily yeah, put on leave. Was that right? Laid off, And there was yeah. very little communication. So we didn't know what was going on anyway. Yeah. And then we all literally got a five or 10 minute meeting calendar invite. <laughs> and we realized if you got a 10 minute one, you were staying. And if you got a five minute one, you were laid off. And depending on really, yeah, because and so like so we that's were, what I, you got on your yeah. note, of, like the day you were told. Wow. Yeah, like I was like, oh, I got like a five minute request, and one of my colleagues was like, oh, weird, I got a ten minute one, Uh-oh. and we were like, oh, that's interesting. And so it was just like a dominoes. Like I, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what. What do you, is there a way that companies do you think can handle things with the least amount of damage? Y- yeah, I mean, I think you know, employees deserve to be treated with dignity, whatever happens, right? your situation and many others like it wasn't personal it wasn't like yeah we're getting rid of carling it's like yeah there were a, there was a huge group of people yeah when a five minute meeting request pops up on your calendar like it's like or anyone now who like if you get a, a meeting you go into a meeting and there's an hr person and you didn't expect them to be there that happens too i think part of it is you know maybe it's those hr departments need to reach out to folks who have done it and ask for help and i know that's part of what we do i don't i work with like the folks who have been laid off. Mm -hmm. So I'm not part of that client side, but I know that is part of what, you know, the support that can be in place, right? So the consulting firm can sit with that HR team and say, okay, have you thought about what you want to say? Do you want to practice this? Here's a script. Like sometimes, you know, it's very planned out and specific. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes it, it feels very 
like formulaic or something because because sometimes there are legal reasons and there are things that the human person would want to say to you that legally they shouldn't say which sucks but so they kind of have to like read a script and then in five minutes they're gone and you know it's it's crappy (laughs) but I think there there are supports like I think this is weird and and but all those people who had to do those layoffs, they had crappy days. The only difference is they still got a paycheck two weeks later. <laughs> 100%. 100%. And, and, but like that is a big difference. But like, yeah. but they're the people who, it's not like they deserve more empathy. I think part of it is being prepared, thinking about it, maybe trying to think more about that person than yourself rather than like, this is really difficult for me. Because, you know, to be honest, sometimes I have that too. Like I get some information, I have to call someone and I feel nervous to call them. Yeah, and I have yeah. to t- tell myself, you know what? They're probably having a worse day than I am. Yeah. I can call them and just say, hey, how's this landing? You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I just keep thinking about that movie with George Clooney and Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Where they, like, fire, like their job is to like be the person that fires yeah. the people that work in the big corporations. Have what you is seen this? that? No, what is this? I don't this? remember what it's called now. It's but, called, uh, is it called Up in the Air? Oh, I think yeah, it's called yeah. Up in the Air. Oh, yeah. okay. I actually watched it like last fall and it's just interesting being, because it's at least 10 years old, I want to say. So looking at it from the lens of what I do now and also technology and times have changed because part of the movie was they were going to start like firing people virtually. Right. And that oh. was part of the thing. And they didn't want to do that. So it's so it's like super interesting. <laughs> but also there's some crappy stuff happens where like it in from my perspective, I don't know if this happens in the US, but like from what we do here, it's your company, it's your manager that ultimately like lets you go. And then yeah. we come in and help. So it's not like I can't come into your company and fire you because I don't work right. for that company. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I should say too, like, I don't know, like it's helpful to know the different terms, but most times we would call it a layoff, right? Or we call it termination right. without cause, meaning it's not personal. It's not because you did anything wrong. It's because the company has usually a financial situation that they need right. to deal with, which, you know, precipitates this decision. It's interesting because my mother-in-law, um, during the oil dip, I think it was probably 2014, she mm-hmm. was laid off and she was with this company for, you know, 15 plus years in the payroll department. And she had such a hard time. You know, she Aww. was trying to figure out what she should do, if she should go back to work. You know, she was in her late 50s, uh, early 60s, I think. And then just trying to figure out like, do I retire? And then she was feeling, you know, very personal that it was a personal attack on her and her Mm. work and her self-worth and, you know, all these things. And so she was able to um, talk to her, you know, financial advisor and, and be able to retire. And it ended up being a blessing for her, but it was really difficult for her to kind of go from this person who goes to work every day in the same place and, you know, people valued her work and, and then just to be let go, you know? So it's, it, it can be such a, like you said, like yeah. grief, you know? And it's like, it's not totally. The plan. Yeah. That's not the plan is that yeah. I'm going to be with this company until I'm 65 and then I'm yeah. going to retire. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then kind of out of nowhere, you can't predict that companies are going to suffer financially. And now you have to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. There's the grief and kind of the loss. And usually one of the first questions I ask people is, 
did you, how shocking was this? Like, did you expect it or what was it expected or unexpected? And I do think you asked me that. Hmm. (laughs) And I was probably the same way. I was probably like, well, kind of blindsided. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. And also that also gives me a gauge for like, okay, you know, like, I'm just going to let you talk about that because sometimes there is like, oh yeah, I, I, okay. I survived three rounds of layoffs. So now it's my turn. Okay. Right. Right. Or there are people, I don't know, like I had someone who was like, some people are sitting there hoping for a layoff because they're like, I really don't like working here, but I don't want to quit. If you give me a package, like that's kind of helps me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, people are kind of in all types of situations. And I think something that popped into my mind when, when you were talking, Carling, about, you know, your clients that didn't know what to do or who to reach out to, like, part of that is like this idea of, you know, you don't own the relationships with those people. So this is where LinkedIn is great to connect with the people you're working with now or the people you worked with in the past. Just like when you have a business, you have to have your own website and not just have it on Facebook because if (laughs) Facebook goes down, you're screwed, right? Yeah, right. So like, how do you do the things that you need to do so that you're not completely blindsided, you know? And maybe that's even like, getting someone to help you update your resume every few years or right. something like that. Right. Because yeah. I have worked with folks. Sometimes I work with folks who are like, yeah, I got promoted. I got referred into roles and I literally do not have a document, a resume document. And we're starting with a blank page wow. and trying to remember like, what year was that? What title was that? What was the company called at that time? Oh, no. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I have a list somewhere like, and I don't need to access it, but I do have a list of like dates of places I've worked because I'm not going to remember that in 10 years, yeah, you know, yeah. but if I need it for a resume in the future, I can, I can dig it out or I can go through my Google drive and find it. I mean, I don't, yeah. And I don't want it to be like, oh my God, anything could happen at any time. And so I'm going to stress out and lay <laughs> yeah. awake about like, there are some people who, you know, God bless them. They update their resume every single year and good for them because yeah. I think we're all more like, I see a job I want, I'll update my resume, you know, or things happen. But to think about, you know, if you, if you prepare for emergencies by having a little bit of savings, Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. And also, you know, maybe how can you be prepared to just make your life a little bit easier? Maybe the next time you want to apply for a job. And with like LinkedIn, again, like a lot of times you don't have to keep up with people, but it really helps even with clients and colleagues if they're in your network, that can actually really help you a lot when you need help. But when you're in the position of like feeling like you've lost everything and need help, it's hard to ask. Yeah, so right. it's almost like, what can I do now to make it easier for myself later? Yeah. 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 How did you start or why did, I guess, why and how did you decide to start your own consulting business? Mm. Ooh, great question. I, a big part of it came out of my own career angst. You know, being in different jobs, trying jobs that that actually on paper were supposed to be great. Like, wait, I have this job that's great, supposedly, and I'm making more money than I have in the past, and I have great colleagues and a great future. But but how come this doesn't feel right? And what the heck do I do about that? Right? right. And then you know, looking at another job and going, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the one. If I have that one, then I'll be happy or things will be okay. And then you know, trying that. And in my case it was great. And I was bored after six months. (laughs) Um, But, but during that time, I had, I had realized that I wanted 
to own a business. And I wasn't sure what that looked like. And so for a while, like I had an Etsy shop and I was doing kind of the online business thing. And then that also wasn't working for me. So I was mystified in a few ways. I was like, I thought this business is what I want. That's not working. This job change isn't working. Like now what the heck do I do? Yeah. So I ended up working with a business coach in 2019. Yeah. It was like the end of 2018 and I had this Etsy shop. I was trying to like be an artist and a creative person and like and I was trying, but I wasn't getting the success or the income that I wanted, but I was turning 40 in 2019. I was like, I've been looking, I've been wanting to work with this coach. I knew that she was someone I wanted to work with. And I was like, why am I holding off? Let's make this happen. And I was like, this is my year. I am going to make this happen. I'm turning 40. I'm not waiting anymore. I'm going yeah. after this. And so I guess that's that's a very long roundabout way of saying it, it was mainly like dissatisfaction and trying to figure out what was going to work for me and then slowly kind of making it happen. And I launched Flown Fire in 2019 and kind of did it on the side while I was working full time. And then my job ended in 2020. It was kind of a weird like series of events, like government funding dried up. Our whole office was gone. And, but it was also like the timing was perfect for me where I had kind of had it in my mind that I would, had maybe not wanted to stay there past that point anyways. So it kind of worked out and the job that it wasn't super intellectually challenging, but it was stable and gave me a great base from which to kind of experiment in my, in my business, start working with new clients, figuring out what I wanted to do. And also to not need this new business to pay me because it's kind of a lot of pressure when the business is basically a baby, right? Like it cannot yeah. feed me yet. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I feel like that's probably the nice thing about owning Flow and Fire because people are coming to you because mm -hmm. they're facing a transition or they want to look at making a change. Yeah. And, and there's always like, you know, an initial conversation to see like, do we kind of get along? Um, yeah. Are we a fit to work together? And and sometimes we're not, right? And sometimes that even happens with the career transition work where like clients move from one coach to another because it's not quite a fit. Sometimes we even call it like chemistry. And it's like, well, if it doesn't work out, like if if we don't work well together and maybe you work better with someone else, that's fine. Yeah. You know? Why not? Like, I don't have to force you to work with me if it's not working for you ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> so. What would you say is like the biggest benefit that hiring a coach like you could offer? I guess, and it's something that I'm, I'm always thinking about and refining, right? Like, but I would say I do less of the kind of mechanics of like job search. I can totally do that. It's not my favorite stuff to do. It's, I think it's more what I do is helping people sort through their thoughts and feelings about it. And this is where I get into kind of the life coachy area, but to kind of hear their own voice and figure out what is my path? Because we're always bombarded with messages from, you know, our families, our workplace or whatever about the kind of things we should be doing or the things we should want. But often there's, a you know, dissatisfaction that comes up like, I want to help you listen to you and get what you want. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that is just not as simple as it sounds. 
right? Because right, yeah. sometimes people don't have clarity about like, okay, where I where I'm at is not working, and what the hell do I do next? I don't even know what it is that I want. I don't know how to define that. I don't know how to go after it. That's where often I'm folks are coming to me. I'm like, what do I do next? Because it's not as simple as it's like, well, if I knew what I wanted, I could go after it, but I don't know what it is. All I know yeah. is that it feels crappy right now. So sometimes that's just like, you know, listening to them and going, yeah, that actually is crappy. Oh, Mm -hmm. oh, after three conversations. Yeah, you definitely are in a toxic workplace. Right. You do need to just quit, you know, and get out of there. I don't, I actually never, I would never, I never just say, yeah, just quit. (laughs) Because it's a bigger conversation. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's just kind of helping people come back to themselves and understand how does your work fit into your life? How do you figure out the things that make you happy? Or at the very least, don't make your days suck and drain you so that you go home and like yell at your family because your work sucks so bad, you know, because that's not awesome. Well, and we spend so much time at work. Yeah. Uh huh. You really should love what you do, not just tolerate it because yeah. It takes up because it's a paycheck, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for people too to identify. And I feel like this with myself too. Like it's hard to identify your skills or your passions, your, what makes you happy, what makes you feel fulfilled. Like I have a hard time coming up with those things myself. So it would be important to have someone that you could talk to about it and kind of draw those things out for you so that, you know, it could be like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Or like I never. Mm-hmm saw that in myself, you know, like to be mm-hmm. able to have an, a neutral party be able to do that for you. I think too, would be like, so important. in your situation, your plan was to be a stay at home mom. Yeah. And yeah. your focus was on family. And then your world got rocked. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, after seven years, you were like, Oh, I, I'm now the only breadwinner, I yeah. need to mm-hmm. get a yep. job. Yeah. And thankfully, yep. I went back to a job that I I liked and I have a really good support system at work. And yeah, so for right important. now, like I can see myself being there for the next, you know, until I retire, I know better than anyone that things happen and things yeah. change and yeah. things out of the blue that you don't expect. Yeah. And I find often people, I don't know if we already said this, but like a lot of times we discount the things that we're good at mm-hmm. because we just expect them. Right. Or like there are things that you do in your work and in your life that are super easy for you. So you don't even think about it as work because right, you're yeah. good at it. And then if you ask someone else, like they might say, oh, you're you're good at connecting with customers, whatever it is. Yeah. And you'd be like, yeah, but everybody does that. Everyone's supposed to do that. Yeah, but not everybody does in the way right, you right. do. And so sometimes it's also figuring out what those things are. What are the things that are super easy for you? Because actually good work doesn't always feel hard and terrible, yeah, right? Yeah. And we have to put in effort I don't know, this is where like I've done a lot of work in my life and half the time I get off of a call with a client and I'm like, I can't believe I get to do this, you know? Oh, like wow. like I feel so good and I'm so grateful for that. And I guess understanding that I know I was so full of angst and agony and, you know, su- suffering even um, over my work. And it took quite a while to, to kind of hone in on what I wanted and experiment with things. And so I guess I want to help people do that and feel that too. And, you know, it's interesting, like, Michelle, with your situation, like, people's needs change, right? Probably right now, primarily, you need a really supportive place with great benefits. And you have those, you have people that support you at work, super important, right? And maybe you'll be there till you retire. Maybe in 
eight years when your kids are all a little bit more independent, you kind of might wake up and go, hmm, maybe I can have a little bit more from this. Or right. it, yeah. it all depends, right? Like sometimes we need the job that that doesn't take our emotional and intellectual energy. Sometimes we just need to go there and have the paycheck so that we can have the energy for the other things in our lives, right? And sometimes I think it's okay to have a just okay job if that's yeah. what you need right now, right? Like to have like do work you love is great. And also it's kind of extra pressure. And so there might be times in your life where it's not really helpful for you to have that pressure, right? Yeah. Maybe the paycheck and getting a consistent raise every year is great, right? Yeah, yeah. For, you know, again, it's all about how, how your work fits into your life for you. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's not about my ideal for what work is. It's about, you know, what is yours and how do you make that happen in your life? Right. So. I heard that what I, I don't know the actual like statistic, but our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation, you sort of like started. My dad is a great example. He started at Scotiabank as like a bottom level. You know, he took like a like a credit management course, and then he yeah. slowly worked his way up and retired from Scotiabank thirty six years later. And he just mm. sort of like climbed the ladder as is yeah. expected. I thought you were crying. No, I was trying to sneeze. Oh, and I was like, Michelle, I should be the one crying. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. I was like, oh, Carling. Um, no, I'm very good at disassociating. But, you know, now it's like, it seems like our generation and we're all about the same age, you have more than one career and that's actually totally normal yeah. and expected. It would yeah. be weird for me to start at a company, you know, if I look at where I worked when I was 20 to just like, d -d 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 like climb up just in some order. Like, is that common? I, I feel like there's a... Uh, some kind of stat or number where, you know, people said people have seven careers in their yeah. life or something. And that's been around for a while. That's not even new. But also the pace at which the world has changed. Like sometimes that's not even possible, right? Or like people who were going to stay for 30 years and then went through a mass layoff, particularly in the US during their housing bubble and, and that economic crisis of like 2008. There were lots of people who lost everything because of things that were completely out of their control. And so yeah. I think there's also a bit of a healthy mistrust that like this company is not going to take care of me. You know, right. yeah, like, exactly. I'm the one responsible for that. They owe you nothing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, which is really crappy, I think. And it seems like some companies are trying to be more so of a, you know, community or healthy environment. And there's probably lots of philosophical discussions we could have about that. But yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's good to see different careers as normal. Like I also, I call myself a multi-passionate person. I've never been someone who wanted to do one thing and stay forever. There were times I wished, I wished I could be an accountant because I know <laughs> that's a super linear career path yeah. and you end up making a ton of money and yeah. good for those people. And here yeah. I am trying to figure out what do I do amongst all of my like interests. But yeah. the cool thing is that there's so many more different types of work now that's, that's available. So many different types of options. And I think also we can see the, I don't know, I wish there was a sexier way to say transferable skills. Cause that just sounds so boring. Boring. Yeah. But you know, you're like, okay, being good with technology and learning things that can apply in a lot of different areas or yeah. connecting with customers or whatever else. I mean, the fact that it's such a like gig economy out there, like you can really use your skills in so many different ways and you can kind of follow your passions as well as, you know, for me, I feel like I'm in a job that's a stable job. 
that yeah. I can be in, but then to have kind of the podcast as another outlet, an artistic outlet, right. you know, something that yeah. is is different and that I'm passionate about, and it gives us a you know a little bit of something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you guys are clearly super close friends, but do you think the podcast has made your friendship stronger? I think yeah. so. I think it's like changed. I think we have like a different respect for each other because we have like our base friendship, which is a solid foundation, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. We've had to find ways to work together mm-hmm. and trust each other in like more of a professional, even though we're not very professional, <laughs> but like, you know, like when my dad died, I had to trust that I could hand over to her to manage a couple of interviews without me. Mm-hmm. Mm. I would trust her with my life, but this is like a different, this is like a creative business outlet. Yeah. It's not yeah. just like, can you feed my dog? I don't know. Like, I <laughs> I think too that we've learned a lot about each other too. Like even during interviews, like when, you know, Carling will be saying something and I'll be like, oh, I never really thought about that. Or like, I didn't really know that you were passionate about that or, you know, thought that way. And then probably the same for me too. Mm -hmm. Like, and we get a different perspective of like how we kind of manage things or deal with things or friendship, right? I think it's deepened our friendship. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I was just curious because I think like even the the fact that you – have to see each other like every yeah. single week probably like yeah. you, you know it, I was just curious about that so yeah. well, we kind of learn what each other's strengths are too like and weaknesses you know kind of Carling has learned that I can procrastinate and drop the ball <laughs> on certain things and I've learned that Carling can be a bit of a control freak and you know <laughs> a salty control freak <laughs> Salty control freak. Put but that I'll in like, your LinkedIn headline. Yeah, I'll like design something on Canva and I'm like, I just know this looks like garbage. I don't know why, but I know it's not good. And so I'll be like, Michelle, can you fix this? Because she's like visually creative and she brings like an ability to visualize something and make it appealing. Whereas I'll like put it together. And I'm like, yeah. why does this look so <laughs> ugly? And then she's just like, I don't know, Zim Zam, this, that, and then it's perfect. And I'm like, oh, well, that's great. <laughs> and she there's something about that. I would never be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. There's something about that, like synergy, too. I think the, uh, the helpfulness of like, I'm done and I'm handing it over and I know it's going to be okay or it's going to get better yeah, because right. I've actually let go, like rather than banging your head against the wall and being like, I have to make this perfect, I'm going to hand it over to someone else and be good with yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So. What about your podcast? So you started a podcast. Oh, I, I remember did. like thinking out about it because <laughs> when we were talking about career, honestly, I knew the company was paying for like uh, this yeah. package, but I'd already gotten a job. So I was like, Karen, we should like meet and talk about, and then we would just like gab about podcast stuff. And, like I think <laughs> right. we talked a little bit about career stuff, but yeah. Yeah. And you had said that you were starting a podcast. So what yeah. kind of brought you to that and what has that been about? Yes. Yeah, so it is called the Intentional Career Podcast. Um, available everywhere you can get your podcasts. And I I feel like I'm like a super old school podcaster. I started listening to podcasts in 2007 when wow. they were just like, they were basically uh, news shows that, or like radio it's shows that radio. you could get yeah. on your pod, on your iPod. Yeah. I had the little, you know, the little iPod, it was like this like big. Nano or something. Yeah. Yeah. The Nano, the first yeah. one that had a screen, like yeah. I got it as yeah. a gift because I'm not an early adopter of like expensive technology usually. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I started listening to This American Life and oh, loved yeah. it. And so ever since then, it's just like the power of stories and audio and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's always been in my mind to want to do one. Um, and then, yeah, it all came together and I launched in May of 
2021. And it's kind of interesting because I'm sure you've figured this out too. Like you just, you're experimenting with something and I'm like, what is this? Like, is this a hobby for me? Is this a, like, it, it does introduce people to me and my business. And, mm-hmm. um, and I hope that if people are looking for a career podcast, they see the name intentional career and go, oh yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, And I hope they'll listen to it. So the goal with the podcast was really to kind of show the tagline is all kinds of people take all kinds of paths to work they love and just kind of exploring these winding career paths that people have if when someone was like a lawyer and she is now a writer or someone who was an accountant and like hated her life in traditional accounting firms and created her own business and her business is all about love so it's like so interesting when someone who's an accountant talking about love like you know just just seeing like I kind of my hope was that people would get hope going like, oh, if that person can make a change, mm-hmm. maybe I can make a change too, right? And yeah. if someone's like listening on their lunch break going, what the heck am I going to do in this job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was most it's mostly interviews in season one, a couple of, you know, solo episodes as well. And then it pointed to all the post-it notes on my yeah. wall where I'm trying <laughs> to like get my ideas out for season two. And I'm thinking it's going to be more exploring like career and work problems and how to deal with them. And so it's going to be some conversations with people trying to figure out what the heck do I do now? You know, so we'll be having some coaching conversations and then, and then we'll see what else. I think I'm going to bring some experts and other coaches on too, to see how they handle these types of career problems. But yeah. That's cool. I think it's like such a timely topic because 2020, 2021 really saw a lot Mm -hmm. of people reevaluating their priorities, being forced by being laid off. Yeah. I just think like everything that's changed in the world, suddenly you can work from anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so now you can evaluate, well, like what does my life look like and how can I also work and live a life that I want? Yeah. Yeah. I also think some people think that having a life coach or a career coach is an unattainable thing that it's, you know, it's expensive or it's, you know, Mm -hmm. not not something that you need or um, maybe, yeah, it's just not something attainable. So to be able to kind of have a podcast that you can listen to um, and get the career advice that way and then to be able to apply it to your life is such a is such a great tool. Yeah. Yeah. That's my hope. And thank you for reminding me of that (laughs) because yeah, like not everybody can, that's true. Not everybody can afford it right now, but, but maybe they can get some inspiration and have hope and see, and like see real life examples of people who are like, yeah, I was doing this and I was unhappy, you know, and here's what I did. And, you know, to give folks ideas of the little changes that they can make in their lives that could make a big difference too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's I feel like we could just talk for like hours. I know. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday and oh, no, it's Saturday. It's Saturday. Oh, it's Saturday. Tomorrow. Oh, oh, mom. Oh, I was very confused when I saw the date on the recording. I was like, wait a second. It's I know. I know. But you were so kind. And I, I appreciate you both that you offered to reschedule. And I also appreciate that you both just allowed me to push through anyway. <laughs> because I need a purpose and I need to stay busy. Absolutely. We know how it is. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you ladies are a delight. Thank you for having me on. It's so much fun to talk to you. It was so fun to talk to you. We will talk to you very soon. (laughs) Great. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. My God. Karen. She's amazing. When are we going for wine?
I know that she's the next one that we have to meet because we're in we're, we're in the in same, same city, town, in the same city. Really, once we had our first video call, I was like, okay, yeah, we're best friends. Yeah, well, drinks need to be had Absolutely. because. Um. So thank you so much. I think, yeah, this was such a timely episode, and I feel I hope that people listen and sort of like get inspired or think to themselves, maybe I do deserve a career coach Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and check out her podcast and her, the work that she does. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, yeah, you can kind of get set in your job and then kind of be a little bit complacent about like what you want or what you feel like you deserve. Yeah. Even if you're not sure if you want a career change, just having sort of like somebody who's job it is to help you wade through everything that you're thinking. Absolutely. And make sense of it. It's great. 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 Well, you guys, if you forgot about our intro where we talked about joining our Patreon, <laughs> you should go we do that. We will not let you forget. <laughs> oh, my God. We don't have much information yet because my dad died in life, but we have been um, accepted into two affiliate programs. We have. And so it's like not like having an advertiser, but... We got like two companies accepted us based on our like brand and following where if we we like send out a link and if you order this yeah. product through the link, we get a little commission. And you get a little discount. A little commish, a little discount. A little commish. So I'm excited because one of them is BarkBox. Yes. And I actually do flipping love BarkBox. And yeah. usually if I know somebody's getting a dog, that's the gift I give them. Oh, that's Like so a three sweet. month subscription. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And the other one is a cannabis company. It is. And it's Canadian. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to look into all the ins and outs of how we, you know, get the link set up and then we'll post about it. Yeah. So I don't know. Be excited about what we have coming up. Be excited, you guys. Seriously. Yeah. (laughs) It's Tuesday. I hope it's nice where you are listening from. If you're in Alberta, I'm so sorry. It's so cold. It's not great. I think all of Canada is in a cold snap. Yeah. I mean, it is winter. So like, what do we expect, right? I expect better than this. Okay. All right. I hope everybody has a really great week. Yeah. (laughs) I do too. Yeah. And follow us on all of our socials. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do that too. (laughs) Uh, Okay, guys. Well, we're going to go record our Patreon. Yeah. And hopefully I don't cry. Yeah. Okay. 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 Bye. Bye.